You're there. That's the sound of a gas-powered Bugatti Chiron accelerating to 60 miles per hour. Now listen to this. That's the sound of an electric Tesla SP85D accelerating to 60 miles per hour. One more time. Tesla? Bugatti. Pretty big difference, right? So what does that difference tell us? What causes all that big noise in a gas combustion engine? The answer? Wasted energy. You know that saying, the squeaky wheel gets the grease? Well, there's plenty of grease in a fossil fuel burning engine because there are a ton of moving pieces. Every little rattle, impact, and explosion between these pieces makes noise and loses energy. Did I mention explosions? Because that's how the combustion part works. And when those explosions go off, and by that I mean when the fuel injector spritzes gasoline over a spark plug creating enough heat to move the pistons forward and driving the rest of the engine, only 30% or less of the energy from that fuel makes it to the wheels of your car. The other 70% of the gas you buy comes out as noise, heat, and poison. And by poison, I mean lethal to a human being within minutes and potentially lethal to our way of life within decades. I'm your host, Ben Yanetti, joined by our resident scientist supervillain, Tejas Doshi, and our glorious jester, Michael Wyatt Cox. If you like what you hear, give us a follow so you can see when new episodes come out. And don't be a stranger. DM us with questions, scary statistics about the planet, ways to make Tejas uncomfortable, or ideas for new episodes on our Instagram handle, at WAAF Podcast. Or email us at WAAFpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, it's a new mailbag. If you send us something naughty enough, we may just mention it on the air. So let's break down the technology that we use to produce electric power. Most of the coal we burn for electricity is lost as heat. Same with diesel, gas engines. Hydrogen is an option, but not necessarily a better option. Tejas, what's up with hydrogen? How, how do we get power from hydrogen? It's like a molecule or something? So hydrogen uh, uses something called electrolysis, where you take water and you pass electric current through it, and it breaks down into hydrogen and oxygen. And you store this hydrogen out, and then can be used as a fuel. So when you need to use it as a fuel, you basically combine the hydrogen and oxygen again, and it produces an electric spark uh, in simple terms. So you get like electrons out of it when the reaction is complete. And the byproduct of that is obviously water. So it's the byproduct is clean. It's just water, right? Uh, but you get electric power out of it too. So they do use like hydrogen fuel cells in what Space. is a fuel cell? What a fuel cell like? is basically what I just described, where yeah. they where the hydrogen and the oxygen is combined together. Like how big together. is it? How big is a fuel cell? It depends. Uh, there are like massive fuel cells. They and could be smaller scaled ones that down go in these to, hydrogen cars. Too, right, right, right. There are smaller ones that go in the hydrogen cars. Is it something that runs out like every few weeks, or like do you replace a fuel cell? Do you just get one fuel cell? Do you have to no? Buy you a refill. Bunch? So you refill the hydrogen back into like, the fuel like cell. on the DeLorean and Back to the Future too. Like when they put garbage in it, do you remember that? Yeah, like yeah, that? yeah. It's that so, was like this big. It's so like, the best <laughs> analogy is like there is a gas tank, right? So there will be a hydrogen tank in a hydrogen car. So you go to like, uh, and then you fill it up with hydrogen instead of gas at a gas station. Yeah, like at a gas station. I've never seen a hydrogen pump. Right, right. They, these don't exist. This is like I'm just saying. Like in the future, if let's say the society was hydrogen based, then but they, they would have, have hydrogen cars, fuel cell cars. How do they fill up their hydrogen? I think there are some hydrogen places where you can get that, but it's obviously you don't see it because it doesn't exist in in like a grand scale. But the biggest problem with hydrogen is that it's still fuel. You know what I'm saying? So you still have to transport it just like how we transport gas. So the fuel efficiency actually goes is like significantly lower. So whatever hydrogen is produced in the plant, let's say, only almost 50% can be used truly 
So again, it's, it's the same just, problem. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's still what twenty percent more f- efficient than fossil fuels. Right, but- right. But it doesn't produce carbon. Like it depends again how you produce the hydrogen. So if you are using, if you're making hydrogen using renewable energy, it is carbon free. But but you then have to have a hydrogen truck to put transport the hydrogen to your gas station quote unquote you know and there is a lot of efficiency loss it's lossy it's very lossy so you don't want to do that not to mention you have to build an entire infrastructure around it which doesn't exist Uh, the electric grid is right out there we've been building that for hundreds of years now Um, so you want to transport electrons instead of transporting fuel because electrons carry no weight, well, very little weight, relatively speaking, almost no weight. Um, so the advantage of a electron is that most of the electron will reach where you want it to reach in, in spite of extremely long distances too. Mm. So the efficiency of electric power produced re- going thousands of miles across land or sea uh, can still be achieved at 95% efficiency, which cannot be true for any other form of technology. The way I would say it simply is that it is much, much, much better to burn coal in a coal-fired plant and then transport electric power from the ele- power plant to your home. Via wire instead of yeah, vehicle. And then have an electric car being charged and run around than using a car with a gas tank and then transporting the gas from a fractionating plant and then putting that gas in your car and then having 30% efficiency, you know. Mm-hmm. Only 30% value and 70% poison. And dropping it drops as you drive the car the efficiency goes down significantly and it's an exponential drop too so every year it drops significantly higher than the last year that's why engines have a lot of fins on their mm-hmm. ends because there's so much heat generated that it has to radiate that heat out well, the electric cars have a lot of heat they have those that cooling thingy what's that right called? right but it is irrelevant compared to a gas car it's way hotter in a, way hotter in gas. a gas car there is literally a combustion happening so all that heat has to go right. somewhere you know so that's why all these which is a two-part problem because now you have more weight that you're transporting from one place to the other uh, so there is loss there and there is just extreme amounts of heat loss too um, it's like the difference between the hottest that your phone gets which is battery power. Right, right, right. And a frying pan or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, that's a good analogy. Uh, the efficiency of a battery is still 95% or above 90%. The efficiency of a gas, of petrol or diesel is... 30% 30%. or less. Yeah. And dropping. 35% or less, and it yeah. drops over its yeah, whole yeah. life. So, so 90 to 95% efficiency for battery-powered vehicles, 35% or lower... Significantly yeah. lower Significantly for lower. all gas-powered vehicles. Yeah. I mean, so, that's just like that's just basic math. It's really not a moral issue. It's, it's not. It's just yeah, efficiency issue. Yeah, it's common sense and it's um just survival. So, what are we saying? We're saying this is not an efficient way. No, hydrogen. To make energy. Hydrogen is. It's it's not stupid. I think there is some place for it. It's more it's more efficient than burning gas. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's yeah, not. Yeah. It's nowhere near. And it's clean because you said it's around fifty percent efficiency, right? Right, and it's clean. Uh, so it can be generated via like uh, renewable energy methods. You know, plus so, you need to rob like a Yugoslavian terrorist to get the hydrogen or something. Right. Where the fuck do you get it? <laughs> uh, well, uh, you can you can produce hydrogen like fairly easily. It's yeah. not that complicated to do it. It's just the efficiency issue. The main problem with our energy is how much emissions they're causing. Now, there's another option. Nuclear energy produces zero emissions. That's Z- the thing Montgomery Burns uses on The Simpsons, right? Nuclear oh, yeah, energy. right. Mr. Burns. And he's the antagonist of the show. Just right, joking. right. Yeah. So what's the good part about nuclear energy then? So me- nothing produces zero emissions. You need you get some emissions just from making, like building the stuff, you know, and there is some loss. So it's all, almost everything we do has some kind of positive emissions. But, but nuclear energy is like extremely low emissions compared to anything else. You basically use uh, radioactivity to produce heat that drives a steam turbine so radioactive instead of like burning coal or something yeah you just basically use a radioactive element cool and obviously like you have to have all this technology to produce the heat from it but no carbon has to be burned uh to produce heat there so how much how safe is it 
I mean, that's that's the concern with it. I mean, isn't that right, why right. Mr. Burns is the bad guy? Is because it's like he runs an evil business yeah. of nuclear power or something. Plus, I mean, we have an association with a bombs and stuff. True, and, like, true, true. Destroying yeah. Japan, but also. I was just reading about Marie Curie. She's awesome. I actually did a report on her in fifth grade. Nice. She discovered all this science shit, right, Tages? Yes, yes. And um, her notebook, because they, they didn't really know about shielding back then, her notebook where she took all her notes, it's still radioactive, and it's going to be radioactive for 1,500 years. Because she was carrying around little vials of radium because they glowed and they were pretty, and she was cool. using them in her work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she was carrying those vials around in her pocket, and yeah. uh, it caused major ra- radioactivity to her and all of her stuff. It killed her. Yeah, yeah, it eventually took her life. And I think the other thing people, a lot of people saw that Chernobyl show on HBO. People were worried about these meltdowns. There's this thing called the International Atomic Energy Agency, the IAEA, because right. mm-hmm. they wanted to have a really confusing acronym. So that's <laughs> what they went with. And they classify nuclear disasters on a rating. It goes from one to seven. One through three is an incident. Four through seven is an accident. So I'm going to run through the top nuclear disasters in history. The third worst nuclear disaster in history, although this was a level six in Russia, the nuclear facility in Kristheim. The thing is, the Russians were classified with their nuclear place. They didn't tell anybody about it. And this is something we run into a lot with nuclear disasters. No one wants to talk about it. So the Russians actually waited until a week later to evacuate 10,000 locals from the surrounding area around the disaster. So bad news. I mean, if you're going to melt down a plant, at least like tell people about it. Number two is the Fukushima disaster in Japan. This was in 2011. Officials figures suggest that more than 1,000 deaths occurred as a result of the evacuation. 100,000 people have been displaced. And the infrastructure, they just weren't prepared for something like this. We're going to talk a little more about this later with their waste, because they still have waste from this now that they're trying to deal with. And the number one is the big boy chernobyl 1986 in the ukraine it was a horrible meltdown from a steam explosion that basically is still having widespread incidences of thyroid cancer throughout europe so the world nuclear association says this nuclear disaster was the product of a flawed soviet reactor design coupled with serious mistakes made by the plant operators so so that's something we really got to take into account with nuclear power is like it's like yeah it's completely safe and it's like totally clean yeah it's it's totally clean but there's accidents and people make errors i mean how can you know if your entire plant that you're making with all your whole scientific team is because like with fukushima it's like why would they do that there there's there's fault lines around there's going to be earthquakes and stuff why would they right didn't you say that was like not a smart place to put a nuclear power plant i mean it's not a smart idea to put a nuclear power plant right next to the ocean you know and especially in a country which is susceptible to so many tsunamis it's like common sense right it's like maybe i should put this pretty far from the coast uh also their generators were underground uh which was a terrible idea so their uh backup generators in case of failure these backup generators come in to cool the rods for the uh, nuclear power plant. So the basement flooded and the backup generators actually had water in it. So they couldn't turn on when the uh, reactor failed. So even the backup system failed. And that is why, like, then it obviously went further down south and the system, like, completely went into a thermal runaway. Uh, so, so I agree with you, Mike. Um, nuclear reaction is or nuclear fission is not something to be taken lightly. It's not like a solar cell where you just put it on the on your roof and it's like it's not going to explode on you. Uh, it's definitely very, very dangerous. Uh, a lot of engineering has to go into it to make sure that it is even fail safe. So, in in the engineering world, there's two types of systems. One is fail-safe and second is fail-proof. A fail-safe system is where you, when you build the system, systems engineering comes in and tells you, okay, this system will fail for XYZ reasons and here are the contingency measures to make sure that in case this failure happens, we have this contingency plan. Like a safe word. Like a safe word, yeah. yeah, yeah. Banana nutmeg. <laughs> when I say that, my wife has to take the knife away from my throat. Stop peeing then. <laughs> Stop peeing now. 
God. So we have fail safe. And then there is fail proof, which is, as the word suggests, it's completely fail proof. So there is no more mode of failure or very little mode of failure. In in the real world, it's very hard to build something that is fail proof. You know, there is always something that you have not foreseen that could go wrong. Titanic was fail proof, right? Yeah, that's what they said. And then it sinked. Yeah. 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 It's like getting a theater degree is fail safe. Getting a science degree is fail proof. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I don't make that much money. So, uh, uh, but but yes. So uh, nuclear reactors are inherently dangerous. Don't get me wrong on it. But uh, technology has improved. Uh, also, one another point I wanted to mention is that nuclear waste just doesn't come from failed nuclear reactors. Nuclear right. waste is also generated from successful nuclear reactors. When the isotope that they use for generating electric power has run its course, there is a lower isotope that is formed, uh, which is also radioactive. It's just not radioactive enough. Uh, so they have to discard that, and there is no method of discarding radioactive waste except for letting nuclear it sit. waste. Nuclear waste. Maybe yeah. that's why Mr. Burns. Maybe that's why it was an evil. Because I'm like, why? Why is there this perception of evil around nuclear power, or like danger, when it's actually not that danger? Even though there's supposedly there's been some really terrible accidents, but right. supposedly it's. Uh, didn't you give me some statistics that it was like much safer than? Right. I was going to come to that point yeah. uh, where. So numbers don't lie. And these are the numbers for all the deaths from different modes of power generation. Mm. So 0.7 deaths per terawatt hours of energy generated with nuclear uh, power. Just think of terawatt hours as just one unit of energy, you know. So for every unit of energy generated, there is 0.7 deaths with nuclear, 25 with coal. Wow. 18.4 with oil. And three for natural gas. Wow. So, so in the, in the grand scheme of things, insignificant number of people have died from nuclear power than deaths from coal, uh, natural gas or, um, oil. I've like personally visited a lot of fractionating plants. The work conditions are extremely unsafe. They give you like hydrogen sulfide meters on your hands. You have to carry all the safety equipment. Things can fall on your face and you can die. Um, there could just be an explosion, you know. Uh, the air quality that comes out is extremely toxic. Um, and also back in the day, they would actually go mine for coal. And most people died from lung cancer from mining coal, you know. Uh, now we have mechanization. Uh, back in the day, there were people actually going in coal mines and taking that out. Um, and canaries. And canaries. Yeah. So you can kill yourself on the way in, mining it. You kill yourself processing it. Then kill you kill. yourself when you burn it. Yep, yep. And when you're dead, the, that thing will kill your children and grandchildren because now it's in the atmosphere. It'll still be there wreaking havoc. Right. Uh, it's sun. a lose, 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 lose. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, the sun is a nuclear reactor too. The nuclear reaction is not uncommon in in the universe. There is a very good science that has been uh, locked down to to use nuclear power. And we have all this nuclear waste that is sitting from all these nuclear plants that have been running beforehand. That's probably why the perception is there of nuclear plants are evil because they create nuclear waste correct which correct. everybody knows is and, like yeah very bad and, and they blow up like and like and it's a big up, yeah. problem because like that thing is i mean america dropped two atomic bombs um that is pretty much a nuclear disaster in itself too yeah. you know mm -hmm. the fallout from that people you still see it yeah you know so Let, let's read those statistics one more time so 0.7 deaths Per, per terawatt hours of energy uh -huh. uh, for nuclear power, 25 per terawatt hours for coal. More than 25 times as many deaths from coal yeah. as from nuclear Almost power. 30. More than 25 times as many. Okay, go ahead. 18.4 compared to oil, which is crude oil. So that's around another 20 0.7 to 18.4. Almost twenty it's times. Almost more. twenty times. And three for natural. So natural gas is safer than most of the other ones. Uh, Very safe. Only three times is likely to kill you. Yeah, three times, four times. Yeah, that yeah. blows my mind, man. Right. I didn't. Thank you for pulling those. I did not understand that about. Right. There's this common misconception in the world that 
you know nuclear power kills a lot but but it doesn't if anything it's like flying in a plane you know the plane is extremely dangerous if you think about it they there is a fuselage and it's set on fire and then hundreds of people sit on top of that fuselage and then it this thing takes off at 700 kilometers an hour and everybody feels safe you know a uh, plane falls every uh, every year there is a and uh, not every year there were there there have been years where no planes have fallen someone's listening to this while our flights like about to take off just mm-hmm. really shitting themselves right now if you're listening to this while your flight is taking off don't worry it's the safest mode of transport in the world uh, the statistical probability of you getting out of your home and getting hit by a car is significantly higher than you taking a plane and yet when i'm spinning out in a car or crashing one i feel way more at ease than when i'm in a plane and it's like has horrible turbulence because uh, i think that ties into our human uh, nature because we are not born to fly so it's very weird when you are flying it's very unnatural so your body like goes into that shock mode where it mm. doesn't feel the same amount of uh, yeah. safety it's just not natural at all right 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 i like to look at the stewardess during heavy turbulence because they're always very calm i'm like okay yeah, i'm a nervous flyer too oh, i hate dude. flying man yeah. uh, i don't even fit in those planes yeah, so he's long, folks. i like i like that stimulated feeling like when it starts when things start to happen i'm like oh am i going to die yeah and i'm also an engineer <laughs> so i just like look at all the nuts and bolts in the plane and like i start literally measuring the thickness of the of the aluminum in there mm, and I'm like yeah. i'm like all crazy about it my wife hates it too yeah she's like you're going to be find relax that's like when i watch a movie and i can't relax cuz i'm thinking about every single little piece of it right right you're over analyzing it to nightmare right so so planes are like nuclear reactors and planes have that thing in common where they are extremely safe but they are extremely dangerous technologies at the same time it also goes to show just like us as human beings have this incredible capability of taking something extremely dangerous and still making it safe you know mm. so the same promise holds for nuclear power uh, and that that actually has come into fruition in in a lot of ways now in india they use the nuclear reactors mostly uh, use thorium which is a waste product of the nuclear reactors that use uranium or plutonium and that waste is used for generating electric power in india in most of its nuclear reactors uh the latest technology for nuclear reactors actually uses liquid sodium as a cooling material instead of just water because liquid sodium is a better conductor of heat i can't go into the, all the engineering details of it please don't yeah yeah <laughs> don't i apologize <laughs> but there is engineering out there now which has been proven at least on a small scale that nuclear reactors can be 100% fail proof that we just got into some kind of you know heady sciencey stuff so i know i didn't understand it we're going to break that up with some sexy car stats car stats sexy cars i'm excited to hear how you pronounce this car the bugatti chiron pure sport oh damn that was pretty good that was good pure I, is spelled p u r though so it could be pr- i i i think I, you nailed it dude I think so too. How, I think, how I think Dutch are you today? I think it's pure sport, right? Isn't it pure? I mean, listen, if Bugatti's got any complaints, they know where we are. They can come at us. What's the maximum speed on that, Tages? 261 miles an hour. It's like eight cheetahs or something. Yeah. And however, it achieves only 9.3 miles per gallon in the city, which is very, very low. It can travel 246 miles before requiring a refill of its 26.4 gallon capacity fuel tank. That's much more fuel than most cars have and it's because that speed is so inefficient. Already when you're a fossil fuel burning car, you're losing 65 to 70% of of all the energy that you put into it just because of the inefficiency of it. But as so, you're speeding by all the sad peasants who you're polluting, you can't even see them because you're going so fucking fast. So, you're good. Yeah, and you're you're getting road dome, you're feeling oh, great. Road dome. You got you got, you know, it's a What's... sexy car. It goes very fast. <laughs> road but... dome is getting head in the car. Oh, oh, really? I had no idea. It's one of the top forms of dome. It's it's a peak experience of life I would say. We're doing a lot of top 5 lists in this episode and if we were doing a dome top 5, road dome might be number 1. Yeah, honestly. number 1 for sure. There's nowhere I'd rather get down. <laughs> <laughs> Let's yeah. take a quick break and when we come back we're going to get into who is generating the most power. 
So, who is generating the most power on this planet? China is number one. China manufactured 7,623 terawatts. Terawatt hours. Terawatt hours. Of electric power or energy in 2020. That's 30% of the whole world. U.S. Is, comes in second at 4,000 terawatt hours, which is 15% of the total power that is generated so in the world. we're using half as much so, as China, practically. Yeah. Right. But yeah. you got to also remember that most of the stuff in America is manufactured in China. Oh, so this is manufacturing too. It's not just like people yeah, and their PlayStation. No, no. It's this is everything. This en encompasses everything. So China is the powerhouse for the world. India does come in third at 1300 terawatt hours. Um, nice in job. Thanks. <laughs> So who is generating the most power? Number one is China. Number two is USA. Number three is India. So, so China is generating about a little less than a third of the world energy. USA right. is generating a little less than a sixth. And India is... 5%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's interesting about this is like, again, we're not manufacturing that much stuff. So our people are just using way too much electricity, way too much power in in relation to the fact that so many people on the planet don't have access to power. Right, right. A first world country consumes significantly more power than a second or a third world country. I know people who go to work, leave their air conditioning on because they like to come home to a nice, cool uh, environment. So when my dad was yelling at me about the windows being open with the AC on, he was actually right. He was right. Uh, you should, and not only that. Like I can give you examples after examples. Just of like other times, my dad was right. <laughs> or, or, yeah, probably. <laughs> there might be some overlap there. So those are who's using the most: uh, China, USA, and India. But then there's who's going to be using the most in the future because a lot of these places are growing in their demand for power. People are getting wealthier and technology is developing and more people want to be like Americans using way too much. So now these other big countries that are gigantic and already have a massive energy footprint because of their manufacturing, now they're going to be taking up American-style amounts of energy on top of that, which is a major issue because they're already using more than America. American-style. That's never good. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Americans consume, including me, because I live here now. Uh, I consume 12 times more power than like a person in India, you know? I wish that we could like all figure out how much power we used in a week and then figure out which among the three of us, like what the order is. Yeah, yeah. You can, you can do a cost comparison. I think we might want to pull up our energies at some point. Yeah, we should definitely compare. You don't want to know that. <laughs> <laughs> Measuring I our promise. energy dicks. Yeah. Folks, we're going to come back next episode and we're going to find out who's, who's the worst us. energy elephant in the room. I want to have a bigger energy usage Footprint. dick than any of you. <laughs> yeah, big energy, energy. Big dick energy, energy. <laughs> <laughs> big dick energy, energy. Every person in the United States consumed over 12 times more than a person in India and two times more than a person in China. So that's what's crazy. What what gets it right back in my face is I was shitting on China for being number one consumer, but then we're using personally 2.3 times more than them, even though they're using that much more power worldwide than Because us. they're making shit for us to no. throw away. And also their population is significantly higher than an American population. American right. population is like 330 million or something like that. Uh, the Chinese uh, have like more than 1.5 billion people on the planet, you know, so per capita, which is per person, the energy, uh, energy drop is like significantly higher. So God damn, almost 1 billion people don't have access to electricity. That's 940 million people. That's three times the population of the United States. So the number of people who don't have access to electricity has reduced significantly uh, and it is dropping. So there is a lot of good where like the number keeps going down every year, but it's still a massive number. It also is a problem because if you give power to 1 billion people more, that's more carbon emitted into the atmosphere. So so you don't want any of these people to have power? No, no, no. I you want them to be in the dark? I would never say that. Uh -oh. uh, they need power. If anything, like it, power is everything, man. That 
takes you out of poverty first you know mm. when you have access to electric power you can heat or cool your home you can actually cook food uh you get Oil, like the water, basic stuff yeah, like that yeah yeah like basic services can you imagine a life That's without power it's a beautiful sentence this is why your super villain meter went down you said electricity is the key to leaving poverty poverty yeah yeah so uh, we need electric power and so that's why it matters so much how we get it totally it's a blessing in disguise now we can run this experiment with 1 billion people who don't have access to electric power and give them completely renewable energy so they can skip the whole game that we had to play of you know fixing mistakes right 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 a new right. mistake with a new mistake right right so we can just make them as a case study and be like hey listen for these 1 billion people we gave like completely clean power almost zero carbon you know and let's now repeat that for ourselves i wonder if at the same time they should do like a smugness test if we give all these people that electricity power that's clean they'll have clean power but how smug will they become because yeah. when i was looking at getting electric cars I was feeling real smug. Popping up. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. feeling good. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Electric- could you float? I could float. In the water? We all float. <laughs> yeah. Electrification is the most important thing that you need to like give to people. That's the first thing. It it it, it even like stores our food. Is the second thing it. sweet sweet love? Thinks love is before <laughs> power. Oh, that's so nice, Tejas. We need. He's love. really not evil today. I know it's actually no. infuriating. Yeah, it's pissing yeah. me off. It's making man. me feel evil. Who do you think you are? Who it's do you think you are? Nice. It's because I love electrification. This is, I'm an electrical uh, engineer, so there's guys, a lot Tejas's of love. boxers are coming off. He They're loves not. this stuff too much. Yeah, his yeah. big brown eggplant is getting ripe. <laughs> Eggplant. <laughs> Eggplant is like the emoji that right, Apple right, uses, right. you know, for the That bottom. one I knew. Our podcast serves two purposes. One is to educate about, you know, all this science bullshit, and the other is to it's teach crap. repressed Indian people about sex. Yeah. <laughs> you think I'm a repressed Indian? Well, you know, the gimp suit thing, the fleshlight. I I just I just don't know the the nomenclature, you know. But I once just, you hear, oh, it's like a pussy sleeve, you're like, "Oh, of course, I know what that is." <laughs> I didn't know I what was that not was. aware of the nomenclature of a pussy sleeve. <laughs> I wasn't either. This is all news to me. Um, thank you. That's what I mean. No, you're not repressed. You're just lucky to have avoided all this information before your age while Ben and I were learning about it when we were like nine years old for some reason right, because right. we had too much access to power. Right. Basically. Right. Oh, man. That was basically it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks, LimeWire, for ruining my life. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, computers like lift you out of poverty to like internet you know all of this runs on electric power and that is why it's very very important to give it to people who actually don't have it but doesn't producing electrification create like some kind of climate impact oh for sure because you got to burn coal to make it oh right? for sure it's a double-edged sword we got to give people electric power but we still can't put more carbon into the atmosphere and that is why we have to go to the renewable route i say this to a lot of people who have like issues with like being like oh well how can we have more electric power you know or how can we have more cars or things like that uh, how can we like let these people burn that much power while while the planet is burning to those people i always say this is like every time you point a finger at somebody always remember three fingers point back at you you know so you should take your own power consumption into calculation first and if your power consumption is like extremely low then you have the right to speak about such things you know then you can get nice and smart yeah and then blow you up can like a- yeah 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 it's like a mexican standoff everyone's pointing at each other right oh is right, that not right, correct right. anymore is that just yeah. called a standoff now what what what's there's nothing derogatory about a mexican standoff cool just wanted to check my dad has a house there yeah There you go. Does it have electricity? It does. Well, there you go. I heard Mexico is still a second world country. I I first started to get some sense of limited resources in Mexico, aside from just the fact that um there was a lot of corruption and things didn't work properly sometimes. I also had a friend say to me, "Water is life." because I left the sink running for a second while I was getting a drink or something and he was like don't run the water man water yeah. is life don't do, and, life. and and I was like water yeah. like it's all over the place but but in in Mexico in the neighborhood that I lived in in Cancun 
they get their water delivered on a truck. And if that truck doesn't make it, they don't have water. That's that's very similar to places where I lived in India as well. My grandfather and my grandmother didn't have access to water. They A truck would come and we would have to go. I remember as a child, we would have to go fill our buckets and come back with and water. And you said your babu didn't have electricity, right? Is yeah, that how you yeah, say grandpa no. in India? Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, uh, that's is, my nana. Uh, and what do you call grandpa? Nana. Oh, and what's grandma? Uh, nani. Nani and... Oh, damn it. What's Babu? Babu is like a child. I'm calling oh, you... Babu you're, is a Mike's child. a Babu. Uh, oh, Mike Babu. is a Babu. I'm calling you Babu from now on. <laughs> I'll take it. In the in the building, quote-unquote building, where my grandparents lived, they would like put like lines to steal power, you know, from mm. other places. Siphon it off. Siphon it off. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's an engineering principle in the, its whole. You know? statute that. of limitations ended on that crime your grandfather committed? No, he didn't do it. He was a very honest man. People do that in Cancun like crazy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what everybody really wants to talk about. We're going to talk about some sexy cars. Cars. Sexy cars. Uh, There's an estimated 1.42 billion of them on the planet, and this does not include trucks or motorcycles. Oh, really? There's a whole bunch of those, too. That's not good. Approximately 7 million cars are electric. That is 0.5% of the total cars on the planet. Zero electric trucks or planes. I don't know if that's true about electric trucks or planes. There are trucks, but there are not 16 wheelers. There's buses around jfk that say they're fully electric with zero they're emissions. hybrid electric it says zero emissions on the bus oh it so says fully electric zero emissions right on the fucking thing Maybe. but it didn't say bus it said See, trucks. is feverly clacking into google because he might be wrong he's gonna prove you to be the babu that you are there are currently around 300 electric passenger buses Boom, operating 300 what percent of 1.4 billion is that Um, but still this is not referring to trucks which is what i said trucks trucks are the things that cart around all the fuel that we use oh and that's bad yeah like the big the big trucks the big semi trucks you see everywhere on the road you know those are not even included in this statistic and they don't exist electric semi trucks to move shit around do not exist maybe it's harder though to pick up a lot lizard if you have an electric truck like maybe you don't feel confident enough to grab a lot lizard if you you know what a lot lizard is yeah yeah like (laughs) like a hooker it's like a roadside hooker yeah 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 a lot lizard (laughs) that That is some derogatory shit like if you're driving a semi truck that's electric like how are you gonna pick up a hooker in that thing He's like, She's just going to laugh at you the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a great idea. I wanted to do something. Is this electric? Yeah. Like, where, where, where's your tailpipe? <laughs> I don't know, mister. <laughs> I don't know, mister. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, Sorry, I got us off track. So but just so you know, if, yeah. home folks, if you're looking at your scorecard, Tay just got one piece of information incorrect in this Well, episode. that's not true because I wrote electric trucks. I we win. said trucks. You heard buses. I'm just, <laughs> I just want to give some ups to the buses that I no, saw. No, that's true. Uh, that You might be right, man. That That is probably a fully electric bus. Um, I just I find it hilarious where they would charge it because there's no charging infrastructure for that. Um, but I don't know, man. When I was looking for shopping for electric cars, so many of them are owned right now by like the department of transportation in new york and stuff like the decommission ones like all the prius primes like you can't fucking get one and they're so great but that's because Why? the government a lot of the them are subsidized into the government like immediately the government snaps them up because they drive around the city all the time and it's right, really efficient right. for them to not have emissions which oh, is yeah, great yeah, yeah. because they can really be liable for shit the government can actually be yeah and it's just smart for them to use that if they're going to be cheaper. driving around yeah. as, as the department of transportation to all these sites yeah. or whatever the fuck they do that they have electric cars i wish i could get one but they're hard to come by. That's the thing. It's about strange cars, how inefficient rare. the government is, and how they snap up all the efficient vehicles. It's like very out of character for them. Like the irony of society. They're also giving us those tax breaks if we buy them, which is nice. They do. Yeah, there There's is huge tax, tax breaks. breaks if you buy an electric. Some have or even humongous. plug-in hybrid. Like even the plug-in, which is electric and gas in one car. Those things you can get like almost seven grand off the sticker yeah, yeah. price with the, the government yeah. subsidy. That's Tesla's nice. at like uh, 8,000 grand. The government will basically pay you to drive electric. 
Yeah. Well, they give you incentive. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah, but when the you talk to like super the used car salesman and stuff, like I was doing, and you, they don't put that subsidy in when you're buying it, and then you bring it up, and they're like, oh, oh yeah, 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 uh, uh, of yeah, course, yeah, of course, yeah. and then they put it in, and then they subtract it from itself, and then it's still not there. It's like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So if you're buying a car, do not bring me because I'm I'm soft. I'm a simp. I can't do it, man. <laughs> bring someone tough. Like we have a ten percent subsidy, but we also have a ten percent subsidy fee, <laughs> <laughs> and we have a hundred percent confusing simp rate here. So yeah, simp, move on. That's that's basically what is happening. You know, I mean, car dealership seems like like just such a scam. See, yeah. I wanted to bring Tejas with me because I went to look at a Chevy Volt, which is a plug-in hybrid electric car. And he's a fucking electric scientist over here. Like, he can look at this thing because the guy just kept lying to me about everything. Right, right. Yeah. It would be great to have a Tejas if you're going to buy one of these cars. That's all I'm saying. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. My services are free, so. Oh. There's three main things to think about with cars. How fast, how far, how much. How fast do they go? How far can they go on a tank? And how much does it all cost? So, let's talk about first the highest efficiency gas-only cars. We'll talk about the top three, all right? The third best gas car on the market, highest efficiency, is the Hyundai Accent, which gets a combined 36 miles per gallon. This baby will cost you $16,000. It goes 0 to 60 in just under 10 seconds. What was the number again for their combined MPG? 36 miles per gallon. So for $3.90, that car will get you... Wow, am I supposed to do that? 36 miles. Cool. <laughs> 36 miles for $3.90. Number two. It's another Hyundai, the Hyundai Elantra. This is 37 miles per gallon, slightly better. Cost you twenty k. But this thing has got a nice engine to it. It goes 0 to 60 in 7.9 seconds, which makes it one of the quickest cars in its class. Number one. Okay, this car is great. This is the Mitsubishi Mirage. It gets 39 miles per gallon combined. It's 15.5K, which makes it the second cheapest car sold in the U.S. Now, Consumer Reports had a fucking field day with this car. As in, they hated it. It goes 0 to 60 in... They called it a patient 12.8 seconds. <laughs> um, this is funny. This is a direct quote from them. While its low sticker price and good fuel may conjure up an inviting image of a good economical runabout, the illusion quickly dissipates into the haze when you drive this tiny, regrettable car. <laughs> With laughably low test results, it's one of the lowest scoring cars we've ever tested. <laughs> Sounds like my wife rating me in bed. She's like, <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about zero to 60. If it was like how fast a man got, got off, my zero to 60 would be just the quickest on the market. <laughs> One second <laughs> under that. It just feels so good. It's interesting how the number one car is, uh, the, the number one most efficient car is the cheapest of the three. Uh, it but it has the, these terrible, terrible reviews. Just sluggish as Regrettable, patient, like, <laughs> yeah. it just sucks. You don't want your car to be patient. Maybe your priest, but not your car. Yeah, your max speed shouldn't be described as patient. Uh, next, we're moving on to hybrids top three. Third most efficient hybrid on the market is the Hyundai Elantra Hybrid. 54 miles per gallon combined. Yeah. So this baby is 23.5K. It gets 0 to 16 8.9 seconds, which is one second longer than the non-hybrid version of this car and then we're moving up to one of my favorite cars just because i drove it for a year once the toyota prius felt real smug in this thing it's 56 miles per gallon this baby is 24k but it's not quick it goes zero to 60 they call it in a leisurely 10.3 seconds okay so the number one best most efficient hybrid is the hyundai ionic it gets 59 miles per gallon combined this fucking thing is 23k and it manages zero to 60 in less than 10 seconds so pretty good pretty good deal all the way around 59 miles per gallon is definitely respectable even considering the rest of the things on this list now we're going to move into a new category plug-in hybrids also known as phevs now people like me we want an electric car because we know tages and it (laughs) makes us feel bad (laughs) This plug-in hybrid, it's the best of both worlds. It has a plug-in electric engine that you can charge, and when that runs out, it switches to a gas engine. So if we move into the number three, which, God, I was eyeing this thing, can't afford it at all, the Honda Clarity plug-in, it gets 110 miles per gallon 
combined. Okay, guys, so we're like basically doubling up on our miles per gallon here. This thing's 33K. Du- almost, almost double the number one hybrid. Yeah, almost double the number one hybrid. So the yeah. plug-in hybrid gets almost twice as many miles per gallon as a regular hybrid. This thing is, you know, 0 to 60 in 8.3 seconds, so it's zippy. And you can go 48 miles of electric only on this. You get 340 miles of total. So once you run out of 48 miles of electric, it switches over to gas. You get another about 300 miles out of that thing. Which That's is not bad. Pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So... Gas only cars, 36, 37, 39. Hybrids, 54, 56, 59s. Yeah, we're starting to shift the paradigm here. This is about to get outrageous. Yeah, like some of these plug in hybrids, 110, and then we move on. The Hyundai, Hyundai Ionic makes a plug in hybrid, not just a hybrid. This thing fucking gets 119 miles per gallon combined, and it only costs $22,000. It's slow. Zero to sixteen ten seconds, but dude, gets three ninety to go one hundred and nineteen miles. Now it has half the electric range of the Clarity, so it can only go twenty five miles on electric only, but six hundred thirty miles total. The number one, we're starting to get outrageous here. This is the Toyota Prius Prime. This baby gets one hundred and thirty three miles per gallon. It's twenty eight k. Goes zero to sixty in a slow, meager ten point five seconds. Twenty two miles of electric range, six hundred forty miles total. So mm, that's that's pretty long. Pretty long. And now we're getting into a new, whole new world here, because we're going to shift to electric cars, man, and they're crazy. They're crazy. So the if we take out the long-range Teslas, the third most efficient electric car is the Hyundai Kona Electric. It gets 120 miles per gallon. It's $40,000. It's 0 to 60 in 6.6 seconds. Yeah, that's electric. the thing about these electric cars, dude. They, they go zero to sixty so fucking fast. It's yeah, yeah, crazy. It's just an electric induction motor that is significantly better than a gas-powered motor, for sure. Yeah, so that's the thing. Like, if you want to have efficiency, not spend as much on filling it up, and go fast, if that's your thing, like, dude, these electric cars, like, there's no, there's no contest here. Like, moving up to number two, the Tesla Model Y. This is an SUV that gets 129 miles per gallon. Wow, SUV, wow. Yeah. And, yeah. and the uh, miles per gallon, we're not actually talking about miles per gallon, we're talking about miles per gallon equivalent. Or another way to think about it is, which is much simpler way, is that if you paid $3 for one gallon of gasoline and you paid $3 for electric power for an electric car, how many miles would you get out of it? So for an electric car, for th- every $3 you pay, you'll get around 120 125 miles out of it and for a gas car it's like what 30 miles yeah yeah Yeah. let's just get back to the statistics that mike was just mentioning one more time so how far will three dollars 90 cents one gallon of gasoline worth of energy get your car if it's the number one highest efficiency gas only car it'll get you 39 miles number one hybrid 59 miles Number one plug-in hybrid, 133 miles, and electric, number one, 142 miles. Yeah, and also all of their 0 to 60s are all, like, dude, the Tesla Model Y, this thing's an SUV that goes 0 to 60 in 4.7 seconds. Yeah, we yeah, didn't even get a, close to that on any of the other cars no, it's that like, we no, talked to. No, no, it's and it's got a 300-mile range, which for an electric car is fucking great. Right. There's actually an electric car out right now that is street legal that gets 0 to 60 in under two seconds. Yeah, that is. Wow. Because it's so efficient, because there aren't all those parts in the engine slowing it down. Yeah, I'll just jump up real quick to number one in electric. Right now it's the Model 3, the Tesla Model 3. It goes 142 miles per gallon equivalent, and it costs 40 k It goes 300 miles, 0 to 60 in a scant 5.3 seconds. They have a performance version which goes under three and a half seconds. Yeah, we, we, there's actually even even sexier statistics for this for the electric vehicle. The the Tesla Roadster does zero to sixty in one point nine seconds. Yeah, has a top speed of more than two hundred fifty miles per hour, and will go a quarter mile in eight point eight seconds. And this is their older version. Their newer version is going to have SpaceX thrusters on it, so it'll probably do even faster. Oh, that won't be a mistake at all. Oh, that's not a mistake. Here's my only issue. If you look at all these cars and all the lists, 
all the electric cars are like twice as much cost-wise. Mm-hmm. That is correct. Because it is new technology, like any new technology, the cost is higher when you start producing it. Do you remember how much an iPhone cost mm-hmm. when it came out? Mm-hmm. And now everybody can afford an iPhone. So it technology so it's getting lower and lower. It's just right day. now, like I, I would day. want one, but I can't. I mean, yeah. but also like, okay, well, then you have the fuel equation because the Correct. vehicle is part of it. But and then also the maintenance. Like, right. if you have a vehicle, if you have an engine that has dozens or hundreds of parts, and each one of them can go wrong, and you have an engine that has like two parts. That one is going to have better maintenance because Absolutely. it's just less complicated. And, and it's going to cost you like yearly to fill up. God, so much the less. The fuel is, yeah. and the fuel is what percent efficient? Do we know? For, for electric? 95%? 95%. versus 30%. It's not hard math. The, the gas cars are a bad deal. They are. They're, you pay more in the long run. And then they, they, as they get older, they get less and less efficient. So you're paying more and more for fuel that you're only getting a smaller and smaller percentage of to drive with. This and is, it's killing the planet more and more and more. Right. And it, an electric car can live in a renewable energy future. You know, you can't have a gas car in a renewable energy future. Not, not only is it killing the planet, but it's killing humans. It's yes. killing 17, over 17,000 people a year in the U.S., the air quality. It's causing children to have lung problems and asthma. It's giving cancer, particularly to women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like so many advantages to an electric car. Uh, another exciting thing in electric news, Ford Mustang. Ford Mustang Mach-E set the Guinness World Record for efficiency. This bad boy traveled 840 miles with two charging stops, totaling about 45 minutes. You know, people have this notion in their heads, they're like, oh, it takes like hundreds of hours to charge your electric car. First of all, that's not true. Uh, Most cars, uh, most electric cars can be charged between 15 to 45 minutes stops. God, that's not true at all. It's crazy how untrue that is, but it's fine. No, but for like, for supercharging it takes so fucking long to charge, dude. Right, but all if, of them do. No, no, but much. that's in yeah, your the home. Teslas are awesome. They take really fast charge, but all these other ones I mean, they elect- take like twelve hours, guy. I mean, elect- some of them have to charge overnight. Right, right, but that's f- depends on your charging station. That's you know, yeah. So the if level of the charge. Yeah, if yeah. you're going to a proper supercharging network like Electrify America or like even Tesla supercharging network, you can't use them if you don't have a Tesla. Not yet, yeah. But they, they've been saying that they'll open it up to the world. Also, the Biden administration is going to build extreme amounts of uh, electrical charging stations soon. So they're going to come irrespective of Tesla existing or not. Um, I, I saw earlier uh, Biden was asked about this, about b- building these charging stations. And he was quoted as saying, huh? <laughs> he said, well, well, well. Uh, come on, folks. <laughs> electric yeah. cars. So uh, the as the uh, infrastructure builds out, uh, most cars would be able to charge between 15 to 45 minutes stops. Ford, this is, uh, I, I had no idea before we did this episode that they made a Mustang that was electric. And now they got a Ford F-150 that's electric, that big truck. Code. So if yeah. you want to haul lumber or something, you can do it efficiently now. True. Yeah, that's true. That's maybe the you most should be hauling like it. electrons or something, right? Right, I mean that's a different topic altogether. What you're hauling is also <laughs> is How also many a question electrons mark. Electrons does it take to fill up the the tailgate of a F one fifty? Too many, my friend. Delete it. Delete that. <laughs> Ford is making these cool ass trucks that are electric. You guys got any other good news that we can give our audience? The largest carbon sucking machine in the world just switched on in Iceland. It's capturing 4,000 tons of CO2 per year. And that's important because, like, the only other thing that's really capturing CO2 is our trees, and we're cutting those motherfuckers down. And also, when they burn in these wildfires, they release all the carbon that they sucked in over their entire lifetime. So as climate change creates more wildfires, and our trees, which are the only things that suck in carbon burn they release everything that they sucked in before this is one of the examples of the thermal uh greenhouse runaway runaway effect direct air capture technology as we just mentioned about that carbon suction suction machine is finally online basically sucking carbon dioxide out of the air and burying it deep underground now how do you suck carbon dioxide out of the air do you You literally like use a fan and start taking the air out and then there's like a filter that just that is, specifically yeah, filters out carbon that dioxide. That takes carbon and then how it, does it how does it know what's carbon? 
there's like specific filters that just uh, suck out carbon dioxide. They call scrubbers, mm. uh, and these scrubbers take the carbon dioxide. Then they then they treat it with water, um, and then it's mixed with water, and then this water is actually pumped down into like deep underground. Mm-hmm. And what do the mole people think about that if they're underground being polluted? So it is it is definitely like a form of pollution, but it's again, we want to include them. Yeah, the mole people are important. Well, this is it's choose your poison at this point, you know. Poison uh, the mole people or yeah. die on the surface world. Uh, poison the mole people. <laughs> so typical this attitude of like just because I'm not a mole person, it's not my problem. I actually have a mole person flag in my home. It's a woke flag. <laughs> <laughs> is it plastic? No, no, no. It's made out of recyclable mole skin. Oh, okay. That's pretty recyclable. <laughs> uh, some more cool battery-powered tech jet surfboards whoa cool. jet surfboards battery-powered surfboards where you can fucking zoom around on the surface of water sounds like a focus group just tried to come up with the awesomest word possible yeah. you know, <laughs> jet surfboards i love it <laughs> not that i I'm could stand sorry. up on one i've never been able to stand up on a surfboard in my life of course we got scooters electric scooters those are convenient and a little simpy looking uh mm-hmm. e-bikes which are super heavy but but pretty cool i was i was just riding over uh the queensboro bridge here in new york which is like a steep bridge and i was on a city bike that was not electrified and i was huffing and puffing away and people were just passing me by in their electric bikes yeah how, like much, it was how, nothing. how sweaty were you in this moment? oh my god it was it was painful <laughs> man <laughs> yeah funny bad i was super sweaty uh and why are, don't we have any battery-powered helicopters so uh this is the disadvantage of electric uh, vehicles in general. The energy density of a battery is is still very low compared to the energy density of gas, for example. You know, so one gallon of gas for its volume or weight carries way more energy than one unit of weight for a battery. Mm-hmm. So you would have to have thousands of batteries to actually make an electric uh, helicopter work. And it would be so heavy that it would never fly. Yeah. Why don't they do something with like a big rubber band <laughs> where they just gr- get a giant hand and we pull back the rubber band with the plane? As long as the giant hand runs on electricity, I'm good. And it's, it's, um, you can't tell what race the hand is. Correct. <laughs> also, we'll, we'll make Mike sit in one of those first. Hell, no. <laughs> He's going to have scared. a Babu seat for Mike. I'm scared, guys. <laughs> Babu is boy in India. Oh, uh, my God. <laughs> You guys got any other good news? It's very pleasing to me to hear it. Mm -hmm. Tesla has just floated the idea of laser windshield wipers. Elon's just bored in a board meeting. He's like, oh, what about the like, lasers? Uh, yeah. He's, I see him in interviews talking about what a workaholic he is and how it hurts and how no one should work this much. And then he's like, but what? A, maybe we should do some laser windshield wipers or something. Yeah. <laughs> that's a really good Elon. Make Elon <laughs> that say some more really stuff. That's really good one. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, it, it needs to come out naturally. I can't just do it on What about like Elon that. talking about what he ate this morning? Um, uh, I had a... <laughs> Well, that really puts me in a tailspin. I'm like, what does Elon Musk eat in the morning? I'm like, I have no idea. Some kind of electron-rich diet. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I, I, this morning I woke up and I sort of latched onto an Ethernet cable and <laughs> had my breakfast. And uh, <laughs> uh, that's that's really good. Give a future in being Elon, dude. This is working <laughs> for me. I see this coming back. So yeah, Elon's going to have a windshield wiper that's a laser. That's a fucking cool. lightsaber for your windshield. Uh, New York City has unveiled the plan to build one of the largest electric vehicle charging networks in the U.S. to be completed by 2030. So living here in New York, it's going to be a lot simpler to charge up your electric vehicles, hopefully yeah. faster than we talked about on this episode by that time. Awesome. Uh, on July 15th of this year, the European Union placed a ban on selling gas or diesel cars by 2035. China, the nation that is growing the most in energy consumption, has created a plan to ban internal combustion engines by 2040. And uh, India, India was third on that list of energy consumers, right? Yep, and India has pledged to stop internal combustion engines by 2030. So the top three That's pretty are really working on it. I well, believe no, no. The first and the third first are working third. on it, and New York is working. And New on York, it. the rest of the and probably in California. Like, Let's not forget California. Well, well, you've got to remember that. 
like you know america is the powerhouse of innovation the electric car comes from america tesla is an american company uh, nobody would even consider banning these cars if elon musk didn't work on tesla and like tesla wasn't a successful company so even if america is not like doing the best in terms of banning stuff it is america who's leading the charge still right boom right. nationalism feels good yeah <laughs> Uh, uh, General Motors have outlined a plan to stop selling gas cars by 2035 as well. Right. That's we'll see about that. That's probably a pinky promise. Uh, we'll see if they actually ban it. And they didn't they start an EV one in 1990? And they started the first electric vehicle, and then yeah. for some fucking reason, they got rid of every single one. Yeah, even, yeah. Even they had a huge list of people that all agreed to buy one for yeah. like a lot of money and they were like nope there's no demand we don't want to do it yeah. and they just they not only did they stop selling them they bought them all back and destroyed them or disabled them and the only ones left are in museums right. or in Francis Ford right. Coppola's fucking garage right well so, that's kind of bad so I don't know how much to trust GM in terms of that so we're all fucked we are we're all, still all fucked don't we worry we're still all fucked yeah <laughs> Thanks, everybody. I'm Thank you. Ben Yanetti. Thank I'm, you. I'm Michael Wyatt Cox. I'm Tejas Doshi. We're all fucked. See you later. <laughs>